On this episode of the FCPS show, we've got three games and three points to discuss. Welcome to the FCPS show, the podcast all about Austria's fan-owned football club, FC Pinskau Saalfelden. My name's Tom Midler and I'm joined here today by Lee Wingate as we have three games to round up for you on this episode of the FCPS show. How are you doing today, Lee? Yeah, good. It's been a while since we've done an FCPS show, so I'm looking forward to reflecting on on some of the action. Of course, not necessarily all results that we, we wanted, but plenty of positives and things to reflect on nonetheless so we'll try and remain in positive spirits <laughs> how are you doing oh, i'm good thanks yeah i'm good uh, settling no. back into austria after life in tokyo for a few weeks and yeah it's been good getting back on to to covering the team not being in the commentary box as much as i would have liked but that's set to change in the uh, in the coming weeks fingers crossed but uh, yeah we can say we can celebrate three points on this episode but not uh, no wins unfortunately three points spread across three games so we can we can sell it like three points if you want it sounds good in football when you say three points but um, not quite ideal yeah we are the draw kings in the league at the moment six draws uh, which is double as many as any other team so um, yeah I guess in in that respect it is a little bit frustrating if you could turn a couple of those into wins then there would be a, a real promotion push so yeah, yeah we've, got to, we've got to stop drawing games we do indeed i said something very similar this reminds me about oh, i don't know it must have been almost 20 years ago now i was advertised by my hometown newspaper about what i thought of our of our football team which is uh, cheltenham town you know actually doing really well at the moment in the lower leagues of english football and uh, we were the draw kings at that time and i said to the newspaper i said oh, i just think we draw too many games i think we need to to just risk it a bit more you know if we can get a few more wins and and you know just turn that around that's going to make a big difference and they quoted me in the newspaper that i said we don't get enough draws so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i, I learned i learned the hard way that uh, journalism does not always go the way you want it to and you might not always be reflected and then all my mates come up to me you know they've seen it in the paper it's like what do you mean we don't get enough draws we've got we've got more draws than anybody else in the league how, how can we not get enough draws so, oh, that is not what i said so yes this this reminds me of that <laughs> I remember a few years ago when I was uh, I was writing some match reports about Borussia Dortmund and they'd drawn so many games in succession and I was like, should I call them Borussia Dortmund? Oh, in the end, did you? In the end, no, I didn't. I thought I'd get fired, so I, just, <laughs> I decided no. not to. But they had drawn about four games in a row. It did cross my mind. Yeah, well, we're now uh, up to to three in a row, I think. So, should we start off with the first of those? If we roll back a couple of match days to uh, FCPS playing at home the big one against Austria Salzburg the game that everyone looks forward to the game that everyone knows is going to be uh, sort of a, a bad tempered affair in a way or, or you know a side a match between two sides with no love lost um, and yeah maybe fittingly then it ended in a draw so nobody ended up with the the bragging rights yet for this season um, I remember on the last podcast Lee that we we criticized Pinskow's slow starts in a lot of these games we said i wish they could get out of the blocks quicker 
Um, they've certainly done that. <laughs> the the, the uh, excitement and the, the action in the first 15 minutes of, of games lately has been completely different to the start of the season. Yeah, it really has. Of course, the Austria-Salzburg game was different to the other two. We're going to talk about um, Sankt Johan and Grudig in the, in the sense that we, we fell behind. But it was a really, really unlucky own goal. It's one of those where the cross comes in from the flank, a low one, and, and Alessandro Zegers tried to clear it and just fired it straight into the roof of his own net. So a bit of a, a calamitous own goal. And, and when you're playing against one of the better teams in the league, Austria Salzburg, one of the promotion contenders, you could really do without that happening right at the start of the game. But it was just good to see, see Pinsko hit back so quickly. David Rathgeb from a corner. And yeah, it's just a, a furious opening 15 minutes to that one. Yeah, so after Radgib's equaliser, it was a nice header, wasn't it? Nice to see him pop up at the back post and uh, and get the header in, something which will be a theme in, in later games as well. You know, what were your feelings about that? At this point, Austria-Salzburg, at the top of the table, we've been sort of mired in this midfield, but not too far away from from the top, you know, the upper echelons of the table. But with, with a draw, you know, we weren't really going to be able to close that gap. We were just going to stop it getting wider would you say we deserved to to get back into the game and, and maybe take the lead in this one well there were a lot of chances I mean the, aside from a, a spell in the second half where I, I felt Austria Salzburg were quite dominant generally I think we we played very well and as Christian Zieger put it after the final whistle you know it's the clinical finishing in front of goal which is missing if you look at these three games as a whole I think so many of, apart from, uh, you know, the, the Jonas Schweikhofer lob and, and one of Tandari's goals, all of our goals were, were like aerial threats or, or set pieces. And, you know, that seems to be where we're threatening the most. But basic chances that we're creating, we don't really seem to slot away that much. And, you know, that's why we're now eight points behind Austria Salzburg. And if we'd been able to take one of those chances, you know, and, and get that goal, the gap to Austria Salzburg and, and second place would only be five points. So, it is a little bit uh, disappointing in that respect. Yeah, I think you're right to mention that because when we do look at, across all three of these games, there there are differences, but there's also a, a lot of similarities. And I find that that's strange because we had that in the first part of the year too. You know, I mentioned the, the slow starts that everyone was talking about, you know, not being able to, to get on the front foot in the game. And the, this time, you know, yes, this Austria-Salzburg game, we did fall behind. But in general, it's interesting then to see that the same issues well the new issues have popped up and then those issues have sort of plagued us in in each of the games so it ended up with a draw against Austria Salzburg as you know by now the the rest of the games ended up in draws as well the next one was against Sankt Johan so it was an interesting little run for us because we've been away from home a lot this season and now you know we looked at this as the chance to come back home back to the Selfelden arena where we're unbeaten and we remain unbeaten of course um but it was against two of the top uh, top teams in the in the league. You know, literally the, the two teams in first and second probably played the best football this season, being the most consistent in terms of picking up results. And uh, yeah, it was not the ideal homecoming in a way because you think it would be nice to sort of get some some games in the bank, you know, get some points in the bank and, and maybe some some easier wins at home. And we, we knew it wasn't going to be easy against Austria Salzburg. We knew it wasn't going to be easy against St. Johan. So in a way, well, two things that come up for me there. You know, can we be happy about taking points against teams that are that are right at the top and playing good football? 
and is it would that even have been possible you know is is there such a thing as that this season as saying hey we're playing against two teams from lower down the league table we're going to be able to bank a guaranteed six points because the league is it's really mixed up at the moment isn't it I, I don't feel like anybody's really able to to consistently beat anyone yeah, I mean, Christian Zieger said as much a few few days ago, basically saying you can't predict any results in this league right now. And it's true. You, you can get anyone beating anyone on on their day. Um, I think the answer to your first point about, you know, can we be happy with a point really depends on the context of the game. You know, if you're if you're getting battered, you're under the cosh and you come away with a point, then you have to look at, uh, at that as a point gained. But I look at this Sankt Johan game, um, as a as a two points dropped really, because Sancho Han had what that one chance really one major chance which was a, a very well taken goal to to equalise at one one, but aside from that I don't really feel that they threatened, and so when you look at you know is this a, a good result or not I would say in the context of it being at home and us dominating it it wasn't a great result. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, you'd almost have taken a point before the game. You know, Sancho Han top of the table. We came into that, and as I said with the other games, you know, a flurry of action in the early minutes. I think within 60 seconds or 70 seconds, they'd already had the ball in our penalty area twice and looked pretty dangerous. And then we go long from a goal kick, flick on the header brilliantly, and guess who's there? You know, Jonas Schweikhofer, again, continuing a very good form, a good, good run of form for him this season. He's got the flick on, got there first, burst in behind the defence, and had the the calmness and the coolness to lob it over the goalkeeper. So we were 1-0 up inside uh, two minutes, which is, you know, absolutely the perfect start when you're playing at home against the league leaders. We then continued to play well for the majority of the of the first half, really. Couldn't get the second goal. Uh, Sankt Johan came back into it later on in the half. It was good to get to halftime at 1-0. And you thought, yeah, we've got a, a good platform here, something to build on for the second half. And that just evaporated early on. It was just one cross into the box, Florian Elmer, with a, a nice header, routine header, you know, put it away well, and it was back at one all. And you felt at that point it was a bit of a sucker punch because it it could have been, it should have been two nil. You know, maybe maybe the problem is we didn't have a, a number of guilt edge chances either. We played with a lot of the ball. We we had a lot of the the action in the in the Saint Johan area or around the Saint Johan area. But I wouldn't say that we had a number of really clear cut chances. It's a little bit uh, something that for everybody to work on. You know, it's, there's, there's no one person to single out criticism as in like this player's missing all these chances. But um, yeah, it was disappointing. And at the end of the day, the one all, we never really looked like like coming back from that and, and, and taking the lead. We were comfortable again. We were the better team. We were making most of the action. Fundamentally, Sankt Johan created that and, and nothing at all else in the game hence the disappointment but we had a couple of chances I think we hit the crossbar from a from a cross in injury time and and one sort of almost a one-on-one in the box that the keeper smothered well in injury time but we didn't seem to have the the necessary yeah energy or the, the necessary yeah impetus to actually to actually go back in front in the game I wonder if there's an element of fear there because you know you've got that you've got that goal against the league leaders and you know you need points. So perhaps there's a hesitation to push for a second goal. And then, of course, once the equaliser does come, you don't want to risk losing the game then, having been ahead. I wonder if something is going on in the minds of those players where they just don't feel fully relaxed because I think there's definitely the raw talent there. 
I mean, to, to touch back on, you know, you mentioned Jonas Schweikhofer uh, earlier and I've loved watching Jonas this season because I feel that he seems quite a different player from last season. Um, I think last season you saw a lot of potential and, and quite a lot of mazy runs, but there's more confidence there now. There's an, uh, a willingness to go for goal, to shoot with both feet, and he's executing it well as well. So I think he's been one of the, the standout players and I think he's going to be really important for us going forward because when you look at the aerial threat that you have from from Tandari and, and Moosman, you need somebody quick in behind to, to latch on to those, you know, those headed flick-ons and, and he could be that man, I think. Yeah, definitely. So we missed Tandari for the St. Johan game. He was unavailable for that one, but nevertheless managed to get that goal. We couldn't really build on it. So that was two home games against the top two in the league. We came away twice with a 1-1 draw and a feeling that uh, perhaps we should have got more. Just on a random statistical note, we are actually in an elite club uh, with those two teams, Austria Salzburg and St. Johan, as the only three teams in the league who have a positive goal difference, um, <laughs> which I think largely stems from our uh, 5-1 victory over Sikirchen. But we do have a, a plus five goal difference, which is a positive we'll take when we can get it. Yeah, definitely. Well, you don't concede much in terms of goal difference. You don't uh, you don't move negatively at all if you're drawing all the time. So <laughs> like you say, it comes back to what we've had a, a couple of decent wins and some very narrow losses. Therefore, there we are in the uh, plus five plus five goals category. So yeah, that's a strange though, isn't it? You know, that there are teams doing well and, and sitting on quite negative goal difference. But it's the clean sheets as well. Clean sheets are, are hurting us, I think, at the moment. If I look through the league table, we've got four, uh, two clean sheets, sorry, in, in the whole season. And we've picked up four points from those two games alone. So it shows, you know, you've just got to get clean sheets in the bank. And uh, it's just proving very difficult at the moment. I think Kylian Schröcker has showed himself to be uh, a brilliant shot stopper. But um, we do have difficulties in, in defence at the moment. And those were were born out in the game against Grödig, where another lightning start happened. We were 1-0 up early on, just, you know, you're just watching the game via via text, unfortunately. We'll talk, talk more about that in a bit. But um, yeah, as soon as the, the whistle goes, basically, you see the next update is is Pinskow lead 1-0. But yet again, it was, not to, it was not to be an easy ride. No, I think that game was probably the most frustrating of the three, perhaps in part because... You know, they are still in search of a first away win this season and they were up against a team that is is down in ninth in the table, um, you know, out of 10. So you, you're really hoping that if they can win away, it's going to be that one. Um, and of course, yeah, another good start, uh, a really good cross into the box from Felix Ajay, whose set piece delivery, I think, is, is outstanding and one of our, our biggest attacking assets. And then Thomas Tandari getting in front of the keeper, um, a really nice header. And at that point, you think, right, come on, build on this. Because when FCPS do, I mean, it happens fairly rarely, but when they do build on an early lead, like they did against Sikirchen, you know, they can really pull away and they can pull off a devastating performance. But yeah, sadly, as you say, Tom, it, it wasn't to be. And, you know, we ended up finding ourselves 3-1 down on the day through some fairly scrappy and uh, unfortuitous goals. They were terrible. The the goals. I haven't seen goals like that for for such a long time. It's, I, I, don't, I just I don't know what to do about it. It was these kind of goals where, you know, the balls like ricocheting off players in the box. The shot coming in. The shot saved. 
it's like hitting off somebody else, then back off the post, and then eventually somebody sticks it away. And that happened for two of the goals. Like one of them, credit, I think it was the equalizer for one-one that was a, a nicer goal, perhaps. Or one of the goals was was a higher quality affair than than the others. But two of them were were really really scrappy, and you just think, yeah, what what is going wrong there? It looks like sort of playground football and it's not like we had huge opportunities to clear the ball as well but at some point when you can see goals like that you've got to be frustrated and you've got to think there's there's something that can be done about it yeah for sure I mean we do have to highlight once again that the loss of Denis Karamanovic for the whole regular season is, is a big blow he would have been a first choice center back every week and I feel that of all parts of our team, it's the defence that is is the makeshift part. You know, we've got Kitahara who's been playing at, at right back as well. Um, and he's, you know, naturally a, a defensive midfielder. So there has been a lot of, uh, well, I'd say workarounds or, or solutions that we've been finding. But of course, you're right. You know, when you see goals go in like that, you do want to put your head in your hands a little bit because they, you know, they are not goals you want to be conceding. If, if an opponent picks out the top corner, you have to accept that. But... But goals like this in the box are uh, immensely frustrating. Yeah, you can see the cracks showing a little bit. I feel like um, Kilian Schröcker struggled a little bit aerially as well this season. I mean, he's, if you look at the highlights reels of the games, he's pulled off some absolutely stunning saves when required. You know, a lot of teams haven't even forced us into many of those. But then aerially, this is this is a big problem for us. And it can be one of those things where I feel like this is how we can concede goals despite not conceding a great amount of chances. I feel like our expected goals against to actual goals conceded ratio must be horrible this season. We don't have data for that in this division, but it must be terrible because we don't let anybody have chances against us really, but then still they score and, and Grudig scored three times in fact, just by, you know, having the ball in the area for a bit. And then we have this frustrating ability of being able to have the ball in in the op, uh, opposition penalty area for a long time without really making goals out of it. And I think it's interesting that, you know, somebody spoke to us last season and said, look, it's going to be really difficult to get clean sheets in this league. And that is absolutely proving to be the case for everyone. It's not just us. You know, it's really hard to to go through this these games with a clean sheet. It's just the level of the the pitches, the players, you know, it's it's very tough to to come away with a clean sheet. But we're, we're paying the penalty for that by not scoring on more than one occasion. And it's interesting that when we camp in the opponent's penalty area, we struggle to score. Uh, when we get the ball high into the box, as you mentioned, you know, this weapon of Ajay's crossing, especially, we're really, really dangerous from those situations. Tandari, Moosman, all these pit players coming with headers. Um, it's a shame because I think the, the higher quality goals, we, we score quite a few of them, but we miss a, a great deal of them as well. And it's costing us. Um, so we are 3-1 down against Gruedig anyway. Like you said, you know, a team that uh, we we would would have loved to get our first away win of the season against them. That was all sort of gone at 85 minutes, sitting at 3-1 down. But um, it wasn't all over yet, was it? No, and, um, you know, it, I think considering what happened in the last few minutes, it was quite a shame that, that this wasn't a game we were able to stream for, as you say, reasons we'll discuss in a bit. Um, but it was a long ball. That, that brought that, you know, the goal that brought us back into the game, just a really long ball into the penalty area. You know, we often talk about Tandare's aerial threat, but Lucas Moosman is really difficult to push off the ball. He's very strong. And he managed to touch that down to, well, I think initially he was trying to bring it down for himself, but but touched it down into the path of Tandare. And that was a very nice finish, I have to say, because he could have got that wrong. He could have panicked, but calmly sort of side-footed that into the corner. 
But still, I was thinking, okay, this is the 89th minute. Probably too little, too late. And then in the 92nd minute, the corner comes in. And uh, yeah, Lucas Moosman is there again to head home. And, you know, what I really liked at that point as well, because I'm, you know, I've got the message that's come through saying we've scored. It's 3-3. And I'm obviously really happy and buzzing about it. But when I watched the highlights back, what I really loved is that they didn't celebrate. They ran back to the centre circle in the hope that they'd have time to go forward and get another. Um, unfortunately, that, that, you know, that wasn't the case. But I think that said a lot mentally about the fact that even then a draw was, was still a disappointment. Yeah, like you say, it's a bit of a microcosm of the game, really, isn't it? Because with the other ones, you know, draws at home against, against top teams, we had in, you know different reasons to be disappointed this time this game had a bit of everything in terms of the emotions after the the full time whistle because it was a brilliant comeback probably the best comeback we'll have all season you know you don't score 89 and, and 92 very often so a really unlikely point you could see you know gridig players fell to their knees unfortunately as you say they they grabbed the ball got it back on the center circle but that was it as soon as the the restart happened the referee blew his whistle uh, making you wonder why he even allowed the restart to happen <laughs> it's a little bit pointless it was like kickoff and that's the end um mm. but yeah it's just you know a, a sense of, of what might have been and it, it's killing us at the moment isn't it really you, you you can't expect to be in the top two when you haven't got a single away win all season it doesn't matter who you're playing against we, we said earlier uh, as Ziga has noticed as well this league Every, you've got to be everyone. You know, there's nobody unplayable when you play against St. Johan or Austria Salzburg. You can't be too overawed because everyone is beatable, but you can't expect that you're going to beat anyone either. And I think we sort of did think that we were going to beat Grudig. And um, I, say, I say we as in us off the field. I don't, I don't think the players have that mentality, but it was certainly a game where where the fans and and the, the fan owners would have hoped, yeah, look, this is one we can go and go and get the three points. And the fact that it didn't happen. I uh, just just felt like a bit of a disappointment, even despite the nature of that that awesome comeback at the end. Yeah, I mean, it it was a very disappointing result. There's no way around that. But what I'd be uh, keen to to know is is why there is such a pronounced difference between the home form and the away form at the moment. Because obviously we're we're one of the better home teams in the league. We are unbeaten, as you said, um, and away we we haven't registered a single win. So there is a real um, a real chasm there, and I just can't really put my finger on why we are struggling so much on on opposition territory maybe it's those long drives tom because as as we know uh Pinskow is is a little bit out of the way most of the teams in and around the salzburg area maybe it's those long away days but otherwise i can't think of what it might be now nah, come on i can't be having that we, we may be out on a limb a little bit but <laughs> it's it's not the longest in terms of away days so a couple of hours on a bus can't be can't be doing it i think something that i've noticed is just how much our midfield players improved so much this season. Our midfield play, play looks absolutely brilliant, you know, against any anyone. I think that's one of the frustrating things this season. You know, we're talking about a close league where anyone can beat anyone. I think Pinsgau have just as much of a of a claim to be sort of the best footballing team in the league as anybody. I'm not saying we definitely are, but we certainly could be. And when you watch us play, you know, the, the quick touches in midfield, the the skill taking on players one-on-one, the skill uh, beating players in the midfield, we seem to be able to bypass the opposition midfield really nicely and not just with long balls. It's like also with quick passing, quick touches. You mentioned some of the layoffs. Uh, it was a brilliant layoff from Mooseman to Tandari for the for the 2-3 goal against Grudig. But 
we do a lot of that in the midfield too. And that's why Schweikoff has been able to combine so well with, with Tandari and Moosman because everyone's been doing this, you know, really nice touches in the midfield, giving us the chance to burst forward into the final third. But we just simply cannot capitalize on that as much as we should. You know, we, we have that 5-1 win from earlier in the season. Interestingly, even that was a 5-1 win, you know, <laughs> keeping the clean sheet so, so difficult. But we have to have some more of those. It's just... It's turning the the draws into wins. It really is, and and if it means at this point of the season, if it means risking it, and and you know maybe you get beaten once when when you've gone for the win, um, as opposed to maybe then a couple of other times where you do get the win, it's worth it, isn't it? You know the the risk for the extra couple of points is is a risk worth taking, and and now I'm going to be quoted in the paper saying that I don't think we draw enough. <laughs> Tom, I think it's time to put that one to bed. You need to get over that one now. It was twenty oh. years ago. I do indeed. Yes, I do. Um, one thing that, that you touched on, Lee, that was very frustrating is the fact that we weren't able to watch this brilliant comeback against Grudig. Thankfully, we've got it on highlights. We've been able to see the action. But yeah, Fan AT, the coverage on there this season has been a bit of a bone of contention for many of us because they're trying to do a good job. They've installed these cameras all around the league. As I said on the last episode of the FCPS show, actually, they sort of they sold it to us in the sense that all the teams in the league will have this coverage. It won't be just Pinscow like it was last season. Now everyone will get the, the chance to have coverage. And, you know, that's going to set sort of a new standard for, for the third division here in Austria. And we know it's it's a small league. It's a regional league. You know, it's never going to be um, top, top quality in terms of production and, and broadcasting facilities and infrastructure. It's, it's not here in the third division, but it's a good solution. And it, the cameras look good. The, the action looks good. Um, it's a nice way to do it. But the fundamental problem, which I think was overlooked by Fan AT, is that when they offered this service, you know, when they kindly offered this service to all the teams and they said, you know, yeah, look, everyone's going to get the same option. Everyone's going to have the the ability to do this. That did not then translate into everyone is going to actually do it because teams like Grudig, for example, got a beautiful stadium, great place to go and stream a game, great place to watch a match from. They have chosen along with several other clubs not to be videoed because they don't want people analyzing their performances from video. So this is something that Pinscal maybe suffered a little bit from last season because everyone had video footage of all 90 minutes of every single one of our games and nobody else had that at all. Um, So we put ourselves at a disadvantage and people saw that last season and they thought, well, we don't want to have that this season. So it's, it's a little bit, a very, very Austrian mindset in a sense, isn't it? That it's like, you'd rather protect from people studying your match footage, which they can probably do anyway. It just takes a bit more of an effort. You have to send somebody to go and watch or or get the, the analysis cameras out as we do for all of our games. You know, you can analyze these teams anyway. It just makes it a little bit harder and people would rather make it harder to analyze their team than it would be to make it easier for fans to watch your team, which mm. I think is a, an interesting choice to fall on that side. But that's what that's what some of the clubs have done. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be quite a number of clubs. I think we are probably in the minority because at the moment it's tended to be the case that, you know, we've got all of these home games available. Unfortunately, they have been, you know, the better results. People have been watching us play quite well. Um, but but lots of the away games so far, we haven't been able to stream. There might be one exception. I, I can't remember exactly. But we do have some games coming up. Um, you know, against Austria Salzburg and against uh, Salzburg Acker. And um, I believe, as far as my knowledge goes, you may have some alternative information on this, Tom, but I believe both of those sides are using the cameras. I could be wrong. 
I think so. Yeah, we we did stream away at Saint Johan earlier in the season, uh, first game of the season. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's a bit frustrating, and I hope you know those teams that do have the cameras don't change their minds halfway through the season through through sort of analysis. But I don't know. Are, are the teams using those cameras to analyze? They, I, I guess they probably are. I suppose, but it's uh, it's a bit of a shame when that becomes the primary factor. That's you know choosing choosing the sort of, sort of tactical analysis possibility over fan potential. It's unfortunate, I think. Yeah, I think it just comes down to the different positions the clubs are in. Some of these clubs are just, you know, existing season by season and, and looking to, to do as well as they can. And they've got their own small fan bases. And that's about it. Obviously, at Pinscale, we're trying to build something bigger, uh, better and, and different. You know, this, this fan owner concept means that there are people you know, in Singapore and Italy and the USA that, that want to tune in and watch their team that, that they've invested in. And so it's it's just a it's just a different scenario. So that means that the clubs have different priorities. But yeah, it is a bit of a shame that they're not open to something new, which, you know, really could transform the league, especially in a time of, you know, this pandemic where some people are not as comfortable about going into places with crowds. Some people would much rather watch from the comfort of their own home. So yeah, it is a bit of a shame and it and it is quite frustrating. That hasn't worked out the way that we hoped this season, but we are, you know, taking very active steps to try and sort that out, whether that is for the rest of the season as well we're, and for, you know, for future seasons where we have full knowledge of what the fan AT service offers, where its strengths lie. There are many strengths of this system, but also where the weaknesses lie. And uh, we will be definitely taking that into account as we move forward for the remainder of the season, you know, whether it, whether that comes to decisions of which games we can stream home and away and, and how we can do it. We are uh, taking that on as much as we can in order to make as many as possible of the remaining games of this season uh, streamable so that uh, people can enjoy watching them from the comfort of their own home, wherever they are around the world. And, uh, Yes, I'm really looking forward to getting back in the commentary box on some of those games as well, because it has been far too long. Uh, Lee, should we look ahead to what's coming up? Because we've got a bit of cup action before we head back to the league as well. Yeah, I mean, we are recording this podcast on the morning. I say the morning. Tom's made me get up horrendously early <laughs> of uh, of Monday, the uh, 20th of September. And tomorrow, uh, so Tuesday, the 21st, we are playing away to SV Schwarzach in the next round of the Stiegel Landers Cup. Um, it, obviously, it would be really nice to put a long cup run together. Um, I think that the last cup game was, was it 5-0 against Bad Hofgastein a couple of months ago. It was. Um, with brilliant goals from everyone. So, yes. <laughs> we want some more of that. Absolutely, yeah. It would be really nice to, to, to of, of course, first and foremost get through, but to, to perhaps rediscover some of our spark in front of goal. Um, that would be nice as well. Um, I say that after we've just scored three goals in a three-three draw, but I think you know what I mean. Some get back some confidence with some with some nice clinical finishing, um, and yeah, get through to what I believe would be would it be this. We we didn't enter at the first round of that competition, did we? So I think it would be a latter round that we're we're going into. Yeah, that's true. We did not enter at the first round, but um, I don't know anything about Schwarzach really in terms of their their quality of what we can expect. I mean, we pretty much brushed aside Bad Hofgastein in the in the previous round, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed for more of the same. Although, as we know, it's not it's not as simple. And I think Grudig, you know, from our division, were were playing against a team from the same league last time. Uh, you know, a lower league and 
only only scraped through. I think SSR went through on penalties potentially as well. So the the teams from these lower leagues are giving teams in the in the regional league some some headaches in the cup. So we avoided a headache last time. If we could avoid a headache this time and increase a bit of goal goal scoring efficiency or efficiency in the final third, then that would be the perfect away day on Tuesday. Shame it's not at home because I'd love to stream a cup game. It's so good with the the peril of you know of potential knockout football. That would be that would be absolutely brilliant. But that's one, you know, because they're a lower league team, there's there's no chance. You know, nobody's nobody's streaming that, unfortunately. Um yeah, that's that's a shame. But we'll be bringing you all the action online anyway. We'll bring you the highlights too. So we can look forward to hopefully uh, another round of progression in the cup against Schwartzach this week. And then we're back for a home double at the Saalfelden Arena at the unbeaten fortress Saalfelden Arena to to give it its due positives. That is a brilliant run. Uh, we do need fewer draws, a couple more wins, but Valsgrenau and then Anif next up at home. What chance of taking some points there? They've got to be quite good, haven't they, given given that we're unbeaten in Saalfelden? Yeah, I mean, and given that we're hoping to have you commentating live for the second one of those uh, against Anif from the stadium, hopefully that will be a, a good luck charm as well. But no, you, you would hope that we'd be able to to get at least four points out of those two games. And, you know, really, if there's any remaining hope of promotion, we'd need to win every remaining game. So the pressure is on a little bit. Yeah, we've left ourselves backs against the wall. But yeah, hopeful for the three games ahead. You know, start off with the cup. That's nice. Good chance to to sort of play with a bit less pressure because, you know, I'm not sure at this point how important the cup is to, to FC Pinskow. You know, it's just a good chance to go out and, and test the boys. I hope they don't get too tired because we don't really have a great deal of, <laughs> of substitutions. We don't have a great deal of squad depth. But these two games at home against Valsgrenau and Anif, they are going to be quite uh, key to how how the table looks and whether we can get back to where we believe that we deserve to be in the table um yeah it's good good that you mentioned that too we're not always there in attendance the fcps show we can't always be there in south Eldon. but for the game against anif we will be there in south Eldon. so really looking forward to that hopefully uh, the commentary box will be open for me for the game against valsgrunau as well so two games to look forward to or three games to look forward to but two two league games two home league games and hopefully we'll see pinsgam moving up the table yeah, absolutely. Should we touch on a couple of admin related notes before we sign off? Because we have a couple of special eps coming up. Most certainly, yes. Do tell us about what these special episodes are because uh, they're going to be awesome. Well, first of all, we haven't actually asked him yet, but we're, we're very <laughs> much hoping to speak to uh, Christian Falia, who is uh, probably one of our first fan owners or the, the first fan owner to come across from the US, obviously. Uh, it's been very difficult to travel for obvious reasons over the last year or so, but Christian did make it over. And he has seen both of our last games. Unfortunately, that means he, he did not see an FCPS win. Um, he but didn't for any see an FCPS owners... loss, though. So, you know, he, he never saw yeah. He's unbeaten. He's In two games, he's unbeaten with FCPS. So, <laughs> yeah, Very, very true. Um, but for any fan owners who are planning a trip over, um, we will uh, speak be speaking to Christian and and hopefully he'll providing, be providing some insight about what his trip was like, what he enjoyed, um, and and give people some ideas for, for their future trips as well. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. And Lee, you've been catching up with one of the players, haven't you? Yes, none other than Sota Kitahara, who is, of course, on loan from Seattle Sounders with us at the moment. He's had a really good, really, really impressive um, first few months at FCPS, um, particularly playing out of position in his, his unfamiliar position at right back. So I spoke to him to find out what moving to Austria is like, um, how he's been getting on 
and uh, how Christian Zieger, most importantly, has been coaching him how to play as a fullback. So one to look forward to. Oh, a good person to learn from there. I'm sure that's uh, really interesting. I know that some of the fan owners chipped in with some questions as well. So I'm looking forward to getting that one published so you can hear from Sota Kitahara. Yeah, my favorite question, which uh, unfortunately we didn't pose to Sota, but somebody asked, would you recommend getting loaned out to an Austrian third division club? Which uh, <laughs> would you recommend? It, would you recommend it to a friend? So uh, I, I did chuckle at that one. But yeah, there's some good questions from the the Twitter followers. So thanks very much for that. Fantastic. Well, that'll be about it for this episode of the FCPS show. Really looking forward to these three games that are coming up. We'll be bringing you all the action from those on the next FCPS show. And as Lee has alluded to there, there'll be some special episodes coming out pretty soon as well. So keep a listen out for those. And we'd love to have you back with us on the FCPS show very soon. Do try and tune in for the games when you can in the next couple of weekends. It's going to be some good action and we need every bit of fan owner support to push Pinscow over the line as we search for finally some uh, three points. No wins in four at the moment. So uh, we need to get back to winning ways. That's the main thing from this episode. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in and until next time. Goodbye. This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.